This is episode 171 with Tani Clark. G'day legends and welcome to Your Life of Impact, where we connect with world-class athletes and coaches, health experts and enthusiasts, inspiring entrepreneurs and community leaders, all to teach you how to tap into your inner excellence. I'm your host, Brett Robbo, and I'm extremely grateful you're joining us today on your impactful journey. Tani Clark is a mother, health enthusiast, and an optimistic lover of life. She's also an experienced psychologist with a background in mental health, substance use, trauma, and complex comorbid presentations and organizational psychology. Oh, what a mouthful. She has specialized in critical incident response and has worked with various people involved in and affected by incidents such as the Sydney Lint Cafe Siege, several royal commissions, and the Nepal Earthquakes Rescue Mission. Tani has completed psychological training with world leaders in their field. She's personally sought after and regularly regularly receives exceptional feedback from nationally and internationally recognized organizations for the quality of her clinical work on cases that are highly sensitive and confidential. What impresses me the most about Tani is her holistic approach to her psychology services. And this is actually the second time she's been on the show. Way back in episode number 47, we discussed a lot about values, purpose, acceptance and commitment therapy, understanding your thoughts, mindsets and holistic health, all the valuable tools and habits in life that I love to teach people to help them live in alignment and achieve their goals and visions. So if you haven't listened to number episode 47, number episode, episode number 47, go back and listen to that or just jump on and uh, type in Tani Schultz and uh, Brett Robbo and it'll come up in the podcast apps. That's the way that I always search for people in podcast apps and uh, see what podcasts they've been on. In this episode, we discussed being in control of your busyness and not letting it control you, the science behind how your thoughts affect your overall well-being and your life, why self-awareness is one of your greatest superpowers, why our past experiences have so much power over us, even if we don't drop the judgment of them. Sorry. Why our past experiences have so much power over us if we don't drop the judgment of them, not even, if we don't drop the judgment of them. We talk about LISTEN, L-Y-S-N. It's a powerful online psychology services that are disrupting the psychology industry. The power and importance of linking nutrition and psychology services for a holistic approach to optimal well-being, how you can develop well-being resilience, and we talk so much more about living your best life. The Listen platform is what Tani and her team have created. It's literally saving people's lives. We talk a lot about this in the back half of the podcast, and they have online video calls or phone calls with qualified Australian psychologists, and they provide you with online tools to help you improve your mental health and your overall well-being with a large number of psychologists on board, but also linking in the nutrition aspects as we'll also hear. This episode was was recorded a few months ago from when it's being released now, and we didn't talk a lot about the COVID stats in relation to mental health in this episode. 
But I did ask Tani a little while after the recording how their experience has been with providing psychology services since COVID and since the lockdowns. And she said, business has increased 453% since the lockdowns began. That's an increase of 453% of people needing professional psychology support for mental health challenges since the lockdowns in Australia began. To me, that's freaking crazy, scary, and a massive red flag to the Australian government to say what they're implementing is obviously not a good thing. And since editing this episode, I've seen some crazy stats that align with this. Like in the first five months of 2021, there was zero COVID deaths in Victoria and there were 276 suicides. And the numbers in New South Wales were very similar. This episode is not about the pandemic. However, I think it's vitally important to highlight these numbers because when the Australian government believes they're continuously making the right choices, I really wonder what numbers they're actually looking at. If you're experiencing mental health challenges and want to speak to a professional psychologist or a psychiatrist, you can contact the Listen team at 1-800-719-876. Okay, now let's hear from the legend herself, Tani Clark. Tani, welcome back to Your Life of Impact. It's been three and a half years. January 2018, we had you on episode number 47 of the show and here you are again. Welcome back to Your Life of Impact. Thank you so much, Brett. I've missed you. I can't believe it's been that long. I know. We were just talking about this offline and you said it makes me feel like we can live forever because it feels like it's gone in the blink of the eye and it's of course we can live forever can't we <laughs> yes i hope so i've got so much to do i want to live till i'm at least 200 <laughs> <laughs> and in that time you've become a mother you've got different business ventures which we're going to dive into but how how are you personally now in this moment in time i am i'm really well I feel like I'm an incredibly lucky woman and I'm, I'm talking to a wonderful person. Um, life is good. Yeah, I'm, I'm very well. Beautiful. I used to, with my elite athletes, I would ask them every day how they are. And if they said good, I said good's not an answer because I needed <laughs> to know emotions. I needed to know tension points. I needed to know how they slept. I needed to know if we needed adjustments. So I'll ask you that a question again. How are you? <laughs> with, with that permission <laughs> to, to overshare. Yes. Um, I, and I know that this is such a cliche word to use. I am incredibly busy, but that is a genuine word where every single moment of my time at the moment is almost spoken for but it's incredibly efficient. There is a huge amount of flow um, and everything just works in such a beautiful way. And I think it's there because I have so much, so many priorities. I love life being full um, and I'm, I'm doing them all. So I think I feel nourished. I feel stimulated. I feel challenged. Um, I feel pretty complete, but still continuously hunger, hungry for different things. Beautiful. That seems <laughs> so much more elaborative than good. So feeling that way and being busy. I really want to dive into that because busyness is kind of a way of life for a lot of people and most of the mm. listeners on this podcast because we we want to achieve a lot in life. We want mm. to achieve a lot in our career or our business. We want to achieve a lot in our family lives, in our personal lives. And when I say achieve, it's it's the doing aspect and growing, learning, developing, 
and enjoying life at the same time, ensuring that we have energy for our hobbies, energy uh, for our connection with our family and, and not just, you know, working and burning out. So I want, I work a lot with high performers in their industry, in their career or in a lot of business owners and stress and burnout is kind of a really common experience for a lot of people that are busy, like what you said, what, how much of, actually, I'm going to ask you first, how, how do you personally ensure that your busyness doesn't lead you to high levels of stress and burnout? And it's that nourishment and that contentment that came through in your words as well. Yeah. I, I think busyness has started to become almost a dirty word and it's getting a bad rap. I don't think busy or like has to, it can, but doesn't necessarily always have to be a bad thing. It can actually show that you're living life fully um, and it's more so around are you in the control seat of the, the, the busyness. And so I think that's where it really comes down to. If I, if I feel like my cup is full of stuff that is important to me, um, then I'm okay with it. And I think that comes down to really good uh, self-awareness or knowing of what are the things that you are important to you and continuously checking in with yourself to know what those things are that are important to you. Um, communicating incredibly clearly to other people so that they are aware of those things that are important to you and being able to carve time to ensure that the limited time that you have each day, if you want to do a hundred things that those people know how you're going to be creating space because no one can read your mind. You have to share that information so that they can help you create that space. Um, and then, yeah, the, the prioritizing, constantly having, checking in with yourself and saying, is this still important? Am I doing this the right way? Even though I put this on my list, am I doing this the way I wanted to do it in order for me to feel like I'm busy in an efficient way as opposed to this actually becoming urgent but unimportant, which can then often cause the burnout because it feels so urgent that it, and you can't fulfill that in that limited time. And so it becomes beyond your capacity to be able to fulfill it. And that's where then stress comes into the mix. So, yeah, I think busyness, approaching busyness with no judgment whatsoever, it's not a bad word or a good word. It just is a word and it can be a very effective describing word. It's then deciding how you choose to be busy and how you fill your time, I think is the most important. And you said there about feeling busier feeling like you can't control speaking of busyness there you go there's a distraction there <laughs> um sorry the no ingen father that that's that's swedish for no worries mate <laughs> it sounded to me like a goober uber goof or something else <laughs> fada compass is yeah. uh, no worries mate in swedish I, i'll just throw that off now ingen fada and they'll just exactly. throw, what did you there just you say to me <laughs> you're a fast learner <laughs> so switching back to that then um what about burnout from a from a mental perspective then because how much of it is what we, how much of it comes from our mind, from our thoughts and our emotion that leads to the stress and the burnout when we do have a lot to do, but there is a lot happening in our minds that can cause that stress and burnout that isn't necessarily necessary, even though there's a lot to do. Oh, so much. So much of it has got to do with your mind that you can genuinely burn out because your body is knackered is absolutely to the nth exhausted but in the same sense you can completely 
burnout just because your mind has made you absolutely exhausted that you know ultimately there's so much of that is that electrical energy and how how you are sending electrical energy sometimes you might feel a little bit like a mouse on a wheel where you're just going round and round and round and round because you haven't been able to solve the thought to feel like you're in a solution focused flow and instead you're actually just burning energy and exhausting yourself and that's just awful for everybody involved so so much of it has got to do with your thoughts and your thoughts affect your feelings and your thoughts affect your neurochemicals and they affect your like your physical energy levels your electrical energy levels um your gut health everything um i think is all connected so absolutely it has a huge impact how much of that because what you're talking about there now and this is what we connected on years ago as well around the uh the, the science behind our thoughts and the effect on that, like you said, there's a neurochemical reaction or a chemical release with the thoughts that we have that affect us physiologically. How much do you believe that that is important for people to know to be able to help them, I say in inverted commas, control their mind, but understand their mind and the ability to shift from the disempowering into the empowering mm-hmm. aspects with that? I think it, it's one of the most important life skills you can possibly have and it's a superpower. And, you know, with that self-awareness and being able to then refine and help self-regulate, it means that you're just so much more efficient. You know, what might take someone a huge amount of energy and distress could actually take someone very minimal energy and distress and actually could be pure joy, like leaning into the challenge because they are able to notice those emotions in themselves, choose how they want to respond to it, and then move very quickly into focusing on the things that are important to them, um, as opposed to being caught in that wheel of, of distress. So I, I, I hope for every little child that, you know, is born into this world that it becomes a skill that they learn sooner rather than later, because it, it can make or break the difference between you almost having a life of almost internal torture and exhaustion or having huge amount of mental space and, and physical energy and freedom. When you say the skill, what is the skill that you're referring to? Is it the ability to shift? Is it the ability to stay focused or refocus? What's what's the skill that you hope for all children and all listeners now to be able to master? Yeah, and maybe I've, I've kind of dangled a carrot like a tease there by using the word the because I think there's just so much more than probably I'm even articulate enough or intelligent enough to even explain but I I think there's there's multiple tools in that toolbox around self-regulation and creating that mental space and um, some of it is around having self-awareness of triggers um, you know having self-awareness around your capacity levels um, having a self-awareness around just the physical sensations in your body and being able to then use those as warning signs. So leaning into them thoughtfully and saying, okay, something's going on. I've got butterflies in my stomach or I've got a knot in my stomach or I've got, you know, tension in my throat, what's going on for me and being able to give yourself that non-judgmental space to look within and ask yourself a question. Once you know, then to be able to problem solve, to say, I feel because and I'd prefer to do X instead. So being able to then rechannel that energy. So it might be I need to just deep breathe and walk around the block to get myself built back into being self-regulated so I can perform really well in this interview. Or it's this alarm system's going off. Why is it? It's because of an old 
issue that's come up for me. Thank you, body, for reminding me that that's something that's unresolved that I still need to give time to resolve so that I can be more free. Or this is an internal alarm system telling me that this person is unsafe and I need to stay aware in order to make sure that I protect myself and my environment while interacting in this moment. Um, but it's it's having that life skill, I think, to 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 stop with non-judgment and look within and almost ha- like have basically a little huddle with yourself. It's, you know, an in- internal debrief around what's going on for me right now and without any judgment, what would I like to do about this? Okay, troops, let's go. And, and supporting yourself to be able to make decisions that feel safer for you and more nourishing for you. Brilliant. And you mentioned there that one of the unresolved, one of the things with the warning side that pop up could be an unresolved issue from the past. What yeah. I find with working with people and in my coaching is that a lot of, a lot of the triggers subconsciously or consciously are coming from past experiences that people aren't even aware of that they're holding on to. And that self-judgment, that fear, that doubt, that worry, the shame. anxiety, shame the shame. Shame is such an awful thing. Yeah, yeah, a lot of it comes from the past experiences. How much, how much do you believe that, one, that that resonates with you? You're a psychologist. You work with humans in this space all the time. Is that something you see really common? And then two, how much can we change the meaning of our past experiences to ensure that they're not weighing us down like bricks in our backpack mm. as we move forward on our clean slate of into our future? And, and not deleting them, not denying them, not running away from them, but kind of reframing the meaning of what they mean to us to ensure that they support us as they move through with memories and not weigh us down and trigger us. Totally. And I think, you know, similar to the word busy, it's not nor bad nor good. It just is. And it's like, is it, it's just then, is it your bad or your good busy? I think it's the same with these emotions as well. It's when you have an emotion approaching it as in, it's not bad if you're not if you're not smiling and happy all the time, I mean, life would be boring. You'd kind of be creepy if you were just smiling all the time. Like we need, you're more dimensional than that. You, there's more to you than just a single emotion. And so when you experience emotion like sadness or shock or fear or nervousness or embarrassment, all of whatever those things that are coming up, that just demonstrates that you have dimensions, that you, are, you have got depth. And so I think just approaching that without any judgment going, oh, wow, like what's this all about? being able to explore that's really important from in terms of how much of our life is defined or impacted or influenced by our past experiences my gosh so much of it is is because that's what makes us so incredibly intelligent and capable as human beings that we are constantly our brain is scanning the world for evidence and then joining dots and that's what creates schemas um so you know that's what allows us to know how to behave in particular environments because we've observed before, we've got experience. Like you get hired for a job, they ask, have you got any experience in this area? Like we need experience to be able to operate in this world. And so, again, we can have some horrific experiences in and of itself, but we don't necessarily have to be trapped by that or that that defines that because we went through an awful thing, now we have to be trapped in an awful mind forever. Um, and so I guess that's where it becomes down to that resolved or unresolved experience. It's not the experience itself that will define you. It's then how you approach that. And it's it's not as easy as just, you know, 
ticking a box and reflecting on it one day and, and things being fine. Sometimes there's a lot of work that has to go in that. But the beautiful thing about when you go through something really challenging is, for example, a trauma, is that trauma forces you into corners of yourself that you've never met before. And so you get to meet more of yourself from that experience. That, and so often where the, what becomes even more traumatic, the layers that are developed is actually our judgment on ourselves that I thought I would run, but instead I froze or I thought I would fight, but instead I ran. And now I judge myself for that, that fixed belief of how I should, should have been. And so it's more so around just sitting that with no judgment and reflecting and going, wow, I know more about the physiology of the body. I know more about the, this corner of myself what would I like to take away from this experience? How would I like to unpack this? And so much of when we define from an unresolved to a resolved trauma, I mean, you will never forget it. You'd have to have a frontal lobotomy to forget it. So it's going to sit there, whether it's dissociated or not, whether it's in your full accessible consciousness or not, it's there. Um, if you've actually paid attention to it in its moment and that's moved into your long-term memory, it may feel like it's deep down, but it's there. But so a lot of that unconsciousness that you're talking about, those triggers, yeah, they, they may not be there, but taking some time to, and it may take layers, you might initially just have very limited information or evidence to be able to process the deeper trauma that's happened. But just responding layer by layer um, can be the most powerful way to go to do it. And that's your body protecting yourself as well. And so it's very similar to almost yoga. You know, the first time you do yoga, you might sit there and you're just like, you're trying to hold a pose and you're like, oh, I'm so thirsty. <laughs> and so your body's just telling you, that's all you need to do. You just like, I'm, you need, need to get hydrated. Then you meet that need. The next time you sit there and you're like, you're doing nods, you're falling asleep. It's like, you're tired, go get some sleep. So trauma can be the same. You may not be able to get to that really deep core of what happened initially, but if you can slowly just listen to yourself and meet that need, you can get closer and closer in a safer and safer way because you've met other fundamental needs that you that you needed to meet before you get to that really deep space. If Beautiful. that makes sense. <clears throat> oh, it makes complete sense. We could jam on this for days, actually. I love it. My mind goes to so many places, but I'll, I'll refocus. I'll bring it back to um, <laughs> when I hear that, that kind of links, or not kind of, it directly links back to part of it links back to what we were speaking about at the beginning in regards to the science behind understanding thoughts and the chemical reaction with thoughts. So for, for everyone listening, even if it's not trauma that is affecting us, but it's a past experience of a business failure or a relationship breakup or uh, just self-judgment consistently over and over. So their identity is around this, um, this different version of themselves that they kind of don't want to be in a restrained by just in their mind. And then, so if we're not working through those past experiences, the meaning that we've given them, like you said, layer by layer, the thoughts that we have about ourselves or about our life in the kind of negative or disempowering or unhelpful aspect can be having those disempowering or unhelpful chemical reactions that are triggering our body into the, the stress elements more often. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, we've started kind of from a physiological perspective, filling our body with that more so. And that's when we look at how th this perspective of life can actually lead to things like illness and some diseases as well. Mm -hmm. So science is proving. So is it that 
it's important for if people want to thrive in every area of their life, and that doesn't mean to be perfect, but just to feel healthy and to have great well-being, that working on those elements of our past and the meaning that we've given to it, if it is holding us back or triggering us negatively or unhelpful, we've got to start to look at it more holistically in that way, because it's not just about, you know, just try and change your past stories to, to help you get through trauma. It's like, no, actually, if there's past experiences that are really triggering us, it can be affecting your long-term health and well-being. Mm, absolutely. And I think just, you know, uh, over time we're doing we're doing a good job of slowly you know changing changing the the thoughts and stigma around kind of mental health and looking inwards so it isn't all woo woo stuff like this is it's just actually getting back to basics of absolutely something practical if you're building a car and you know you forget to put a washer or a screw here or you know you haven't oiled it in a while you know it's going to start to get squeaky and things are start to go awry so it's the same thing like you might have been able to only process a situation to a certain point because it happened when you were five years old or 10 years old. You had a five-year-old brain at that point. You processed it as much as you could. You're now 25. You've got so much more brain capacity. So you need to revisit that and process even more of it. Um, and, you know, it's the same thing with technology. You might have had old washers and old screws and there's, you know, there's better oil to to lube the axle for the car to build. You know, it's it's just a really practical down to earth thing to do in life, um, to, to revisit things, to reflect on things, to, to be able to learn and to refine. And I think that what can help is if you have the attitude that life is about creating yourself, it's not about necessarily finding yourself. And so if you're, you know, I, I know that can be oh, such a cliche to have a one line, but you know, if you think about it in that sense, it's like, I went through these awful experiences in my past relationships. I got cheated on, I got mistreated or whatever it ended up being. And so it's like, so who do I want to be in my next relationship? Or who do I want to be in this moment in my life, accepting that those experiences happened and leveraging off those experiences. Um, and that's that creation part, as opposed to I'm less because of those things happening. It's those things happened. Now, who do I want to be? And every single person can, can, interact in that in that way yeah i love that that's so powerful and for everyone listening if you can just listen to that little bit a dozen times rewind listen put it into your own life and your own perspective there's so much i don't want to say power but support within that little element there to to help people shift through and navigate life from that perspective so that's that's awesome and speaking of which the work that you do and you're a, you're a psychologist. And I mentioned at the beginning that since we had you on the podcast three and a half years ago, you've had some different business ventures. I would love to, to hear you talk about listen, which is the new business platform. How, how do you describe it? So I want to hear what it is uh, and, and why it came about and let's jam on it because I think it's, it's been needed for a long, long time and it's still in its infancy and I, I'm excited to see where it will go. So what is Listen? What's it all about? I, it's, um, I'm incredibly passionate about Listen. So I, I'm, my business partner and I, Dr. Jonathan King, um, he's an absolutely gorgeous man um, and I feel very privileged to work with him. Um, <clears throat> but we've built Listen together um, and it's absolutely bespoke from the ground up. Every single piece we have built together and um, Denard, he's come from a surgical background. He's a doctor. 
and I come from a psychologist background and together we wanted to be able to provide a really holistic continuity of care model where we're able to support the missing middle um, and be able to provide something that's affordable and accessible but absolutely high class in all of its experience from the software to the professionals to the customer service to the communication that they receive. Um, and so it's something we just work day and night on. It's our absolute passion. Um, it is my second baby, <laughs> so to speak. Um, and I just work with absolutely gorgeous people um, who I get really excited to work with every day um, and are incredibly articulate and intelligent in their own way. And I think I actually work really well remotely and I've got um, a whole bunch of people on my team that work remotely and there's still this really deep team feel together. Um, and essentially what we're all working at and all collaborative, it, I guess that being the biggest part is that we are collaborating. We are constantly building software and mental health services um, for people by the people. So at, at the end of every single consult that, um, that a client has, they can write their feedback about, you know, and it, sometimes it's something really cool. Like I wished when we clicked save, it said save draft, not just save. And we will literally update the button overnight. Um, or they'll, a psych might say, uh, when you tell people that their booking is confirmed, can it just say on there for them to bring a pen and paper? Because I love, um, I love doodling with them in, in the session. Um, so it can be something as simple as that. And we build it really listening to the client and to the psychologist or the psychiatrist or the uh, dietitian or the clinical nutritionist, the lactation um, specialist. We, we, we're really about having a, a multidisciplinary, holistic, client-centered team. Um, for the vast bulk at the moment, um, it's psychology. Um, we had a point where we had 500 psychologists on our network. It was absolutely huge. Um, slowly, we are working in a, a, a more of an in-house psychology model um, where we're really nourishing and providing peer group supervision and a lot of bespoke, um, complete admin tasks for the psychologist. So the model is slightly changing, um, but all with the same mission of really high quality clinical care um, that's affordable and accessible yeah so what what for the listeners what does that actually look like is it that if people need support with mental health or any kind of psychology services or psychiatry services or nutritional as yeah. well now you've said uh, do they do they call up do they jump on the website how does that all work so they um our website is called welisten.com but it's spelt a little bit differently it's l y s n i guess like lyft is l y f t um the the taxi company where l l y s n for listen so it's welisten.com um and our tagline is you talk we listen um and you can go on there and you can independently book yourself um there's a little intercom that's manned as well um through uh full time uh, on business day so you can also just ping us on the little live intercom there and you'll get a real person to support you if you need but there's medicare there's ndis there's dva there's um sos which is uh um when you've uh, you are it's a new government initiative and i can it'll be really exciting to even talk to you about that a little bit more in a minute but it's essentially for those who are non have non-active intent anymore of suicide that have been have checked out of hospital after being in acute condition and they have unlimited counseling support for free for two months um, really? it's a new government initiative it's really beautiful uh, we have bushfire and flood disaster free support um, there's a whole array of different funding options that are available 
Um, so you go through essentially a funnel where you can choose the funding option you want. You choose the psychologist. We have all of their profiles on the platform. You can see their photos. You can see their bios, what they specialise in. Um, you can request a time if their calendar isn't suiting what you want. Um, and so then you book the session and you have either a video or a phone session. And then there's a ton of different uh, mental health tools there as well. So there's like a resilience wellbeing checker, there's assessments, there's a whole library where there's videos and podcasts and tip sheets and articles. Um, we, we write a lot of articles. So maybe for the age or the ABC or different organizations ask us to write articles for them on different topics. Um, and then we provide webinars and presentations as well. So it's a it's a pretty big bundle of different services, but the vols, uh, vast bulk at the moment is psychology, telehealth, um, and then the, the nutrition as well. So that's the one way, or you can actually just call us or email customer service at welisten.com. And we've got a really beautiful team of customer service that will really help you on even le learning the different funding types, how to get a mental health care plan. If you want to go down the Medicare um, stream, you can get bulk billing, so it's completely free. Um, yeah, there's, it, it's, a, it's a really holistic model to be able to kind of meet you where you're at. Brilliant. Why is it important for you to have a holistic model and not just the psychology or psychiatry services available to people? And I, I think a lot of this is because just that's how I operate in my, in my practice and how my mind works. And then I guess also John, my business partner, how his mind work and a lot of the psychologists is that everything's connected, you know, in life, everything is connected. There's, there's so many elements of you, who you are is because of what you eat, the environment you're around, the people you interact with, um, the pace that you approach life with the way that you think, you know, all of these things have a big impact. And, I mean, even if you get down to the absolute basics, we all know you don't feed kids sugar. Like, you know, they'll be, they'll be ratty, they'll go high and they'll drop. So we already know every single one of us actually inherently know that what you eat impacts how you think and feel and behave. And so often I think as, as adults, we start to forget that even though we know don't give kids red cordial and red frogs, somehow we've forgotten that what we put into our body actually impacts us too. Um, that stuff's really important. So we just want to give people the best, they get the best out of themselves and the best out of life by offering them something that's really wholesome. Do you find, is it difficult for you or is it easy for you to attract the type of psychologists and psychiatrists to work in your team that have that same belief? <sighs> We are so privileged that we have lots and lots of applications. I think at one stage we had about 900 applications. Um, so it takes some time to get through and they are very hand-picked, the psychologists that are on our platform. Um, and so those that are on our platform are just really beautiful psychologists and professionals. Um, and fortunately, we've been able to find a lot of really, really great psychologists um, I think like everything, it's just part of human, you know, human nature. There are some people that we feel are probably more appropriate for the culture of listen than, and some that are not. Um, and so I guess that's why there, there are lots of different workplaces that people can work in and there's lots of different opportunities. And so that's great. And so 
it, we just we hand select those that we think really fit with what listen is about um and we've just been very fortunate that we've found a fair a fair few of those <laughs> in our time and, yeah. uh, and many that have been me. with us since like 2018 been with us since the beginning since the beginning and the reason i ask that is just because i'm i'm really intrigued when there's a lot of science behind the evidence like what we've spoken about in this whole episode around that connection and like you said that there's no denying that the foods we eat affect our mental health and the people we support ourselves with the environmental influences looking at so many different elements of that and and then the psychology components mixed in so it's like to me looking at it from my perspective and the way that I see the world and what I dive into and learn and study and listen to and surround myself with those kind of people, it makes sense that for a psychologist to be able to bring their best to the clients, whether that's for mental illness, deep trauma, or distress and burnout, like what we've been talking about, having mm. that not just belief, but the understanding around the holistic perspective and that deliverability to the client means better for the client Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and I think that's why as well knowing that we want we want to give the client every opportunity to thrive we also want to make sure that they have the opportunity to have those experts as well so while our psychologists absolutely respect or appreciate those elements from a holistic um, they will recommend to them to engage from a multidisciplinary perspective with the clinical nutritionist or a dietitian or things like that as well um, that might have that, that be able to work with them in kind of a really deep way from a gut health perspective. Yeah, brilliant. It's so, and everyone listening to this podcast knows my beliefs and passion around all of that linking in. So for you guys to have this platform and this service is I don't know. Is there other ones that exist like this in the world? Are you guys leading the space or you're just so you're not even concerned about whether it exists or not? You just know that you're doing the right thing. So you're focused on that. I think that's the most important thing for me. Yeah. Is that, you know, I, I guess and you're really big on purpose. And I think for me, it's around just providing something in this world. I mean, competition is good. I think that's actually really healthy to have competition. So I'm not scared by competition at all. I think the, the thing we should be more scared of in life is whether we're actually living what we want to live. Like focus on you and do that well uh, is more important than just trying to keep up with the, you know, someone on the side that you think is about to overtake you. If you're not focusing on you, you're not going to feel fulfilled and nourished anyway. So that's the part that is the most important for me is that just providing a really fair business. And I think that's, I mean, that's good business. Offering a service that is genuinely good and can genuinely do what it purports to do. That's what business is all, that's trading, isn't it? I have something that is of value and I've got something that is of value for you and we'll trade that, whether it ends up being currency or knowledge or whatever. And we are both better for this experience. Um, And that's all I want is just to have a good business that provides good and valuable uh, services and, and experiences. Um, and so, yeah, there is, there is some competition. We have more recently, and I think very in a very flattered way, been very for, uh, fortunate to have um, offers to buy the business. And in those feedback of their business analysis, they've said that there are other services out there in the world. Of course, there's actually many, 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 but there's none that's like you. Mm, and so brilliant. that's that's probably been the deepest compliment we could possibly get 
Brilliant. Yeah. And I love that analogy too, because competition is necessary. And mm. if you look at competition from a comparison way, that's, you know, that whole thing, comparison is the killer of all joy. It's also like a distraction as opposed to being inspired and saying, oh, wow, other mm. platforms in the world exist. We know we're already on the right path, but that's just proof again. Boom, refocus. Mm. What do we do at our best? From a sports re- It proves the business model, doesn't it? It's like, oh, this is needed. Exactly. Somebody else also thought this was needed. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly. And from the from an elite sports analogy too, with athletes, yes, they compete against other athletes individually or other teams, but the goal is not to be better than the other athlete because if they go in to be better than the other athlete or be better than the other team, they're not focusing on how do they be, be their best. How do they execute their required skill at their best? And you bring that into business. It's exactly like what you said at the start where you're focused and yes, you're busy, but it's choosing to add things on that are enhancing you personally and the business professionally. So when we look at that from a business context, like what you were saying, if we can understand that we're not out there to be better than the other competitors. We don't have to try and beat the competitors. What we have to do is refocus on how can we as the the leaders in the company or the business owners be our best to run our best business in alignment with what we believe is the best for our clients. And absolutely, being better than the competition will take care of itself when we focus on that. That's exactly, I totally agree. I mean, I think that's what we live by is like, if you just focus on providing a fantastic service and that's where you become the best, like I think often as well, I mean, you should be inspired and invigorated by competition, but if you're fixated on it and not focusing on yourself, as you said, the distraction, I think that's actually where businesses start to lose their backbone. Like, you know, when, when you look at something and it starts to become unethical and you were like, if you were to track something happening and you look back and you're like, where on earth? did a human that can be empathetic and thoughtful and nourishing, how did we get so far away from that that we thought that X was a good business idea, that Mm. that was okay to do that in, you know, it's a crime against humanity or a crime against um, animal cruelty or whatever it ends up being. It's like what happened? And often it's because they're distracted by the competition and they're focusing to try to beat the competition that they lost their own backbone, Mm. that, you know, their values and their morals. They've lost what the point was about. Um, I think it is really important to just really focus on what's really important to you and build build energy from that. Yeah, absolutely. Value exchange is what we should be aiming for in in business, definitely. Mm. With a slight little tangent back to what with the work that you do as a psychologist with your team, with your platform, with everything that you know and believe. What do you wish? I'm going to change that word, not wish, but what would you love to see? What would you recommend that uh, people who are experiencing stress and burnout, that they would do consistently in their lives to help support them and enjoy life more and experience less stress and zero burnout? Because I say to people, it's actually possible, and you are a prime example of this, Tani. Correct me if I'm wrong if you hit burnout regularly, but it's it's possible to have a family life. It's possible to enjoy your hobbies. It's possible to be healthy and thriving in your personal life and have a thriving business as well. So what do you 
not wish, how, what would you recommend that people with these busy lives that are experiencing stress and burnout could do consistently to help support them and not experience high levels of stress and burnout? Well, that's a big question, but um, I think. What are the key things? One or two? <laughs> like it's, it's almost like, you know, the, dare I swear, like almost get your shit sorted, like get this, like work out what's important, like, and, and be present in that moment. Because so often we're wasting time because we're doing something we're not being present. If you know how to be present in each moment, then you can get so much done. You know, if I'm, if I'm sitting for an hour with my child on my lap and we're, you know, pointing at little animals on a book and we're repeating, where's the, like, where's the elephant? Where's the giraffe? Where's the butterfly? Where's the frog? You know, we're connecting and we're having that deep and we're truly in that moment and I'm not thinking about, you know, what I've got to do for payroll or, I'm present in that moment. I'm having a deep nourishing connection. So I'm building attachment. Then because I've built that attachment, she can then go off to daycare knowing that she's deeply loved and that she is now in a new stimulating environment because she's had some really good time with her mum and now she needs something different. So my guilt is gone because she needs more than me. I'm fully accepting of that. You know, in order for her to be thriving in life, she needs more than just a mum. And so now there's no guilt because I've had that present moment that when I'm with my husband, I look him in the eyes. I, I listen to what he's saying. I ask questions to genuinely connect with him. So we feel nourished and we feel connected and we feel heard and seen. And so I think that becomes really important that if you're going to do something, do it properly. If you're going to eat, love the crap out of that, that meal. <laughs> if you're going to drink, really taste the alcohol. <laughs> you know, if you're going to connect, really connect with someone. I think that becomes incredibly important. Because then you are, like you're you're busy actually doing stuff as opposed to you're busy burning out. Because if you're trying to do two things at once, one we know multitasking doesn't actually exist. Your brain just jumps from one thing to the other and makes micro assumptions between them both, um, and so stuff gets missed. People don't feel heard. You make mistakes, and then you've got to go and fix them up anyway. Um, so I think really checking in with yourself about what's important. When you're doing those things, be really present. And when you're present, you're going to be more self-aware than if you want to refine how you do your, your day because in that moment by being present, you're going to get far more of those really intelligent, emotionally intelligent insights. Does this feel good? Does this feel right? Is this nourishing? Is this what I wanted? Is it what I expected it to be? No, nah, okay, I'm not going to do as much of that anymore because it's not actually filling my cup. So I I'd say like probably if I'm going to keep it really simple, yeah, work out what's really important to you and be incredibly present in those moments. What's the best way <laughs> to train the skill of presence? Our minds are naturally going to wander and it's okay. Like it's good. I, you know, I think it's just when you notice your mind wandering from the moment that you're in, stopping yourself in a really non-judgmental way and making that micro decision in that moment. Do I want to continue this thought or do I want to come redirect back to the now? So if I'm, you know, if I'm dozing on the couch and I'm starting to problem solve and it could be the most efficient nap I've possibly had because I'm, my mind's wandering and I'm like, wow, this is really cool. I've actually solved that huge problem I've been trying to solve. Then continue to allow your mind to wander. But if I'm in the middle of having a really deep conversation with my husband and then I'm up in my head and I notice myself not 
thinking or listening to him and I stop and say, do I want to come back to this conversation now or am I willing to rupture this relationship for this thought? Then I'm making a present decision in that moment. I'm, I'm, I'm in the control seat and I'm creating the moment as opposed to just being a plastic bag in the wind. Love it. Love it. Very mindful of time. We're going to wrap up shortly, but I just wanted to run this analogy by you. So I have this jar and when I work with people, it's, it's got water and dirt in it. So at the moment, it's an analogy of our mind and our body. So there's always thoughts and there's always emotions and feelings within us. When we have calmness, so a calm mind when we're breathing efficiently, when uh, we're not overthinking and overanalyzing, we're not in those stress states, we have this, we still have all of our thoughts and our feelings and emotions within us. Uh, but, but they're we have, settled. A, yeah, they're settled and there's a bit of yeah. clarity. So you can sort of see through, I can see you through this water on the other side, there's clarity there. This is where we're more sort of connected. This is where we're more rational, logical, thinking, creative aspect then when what we tend to see with the stress and burnout is a lot of this. So if I shake this jar, all of our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions are still within our mind and within our body, but there's not as much clarity. There's, Mm -hmm. it's not settled. We feel unsettled. And this is where we start to feel reactive either internally or even emotionally externally. And this Mm. is the irrational, illogical, reactive kind of self within us with uh, I noticed that you, and I know that you would anyway, holistically, but you use breathing as one of the tools if, with your uh, with your strategies, just, just a tool yeah. that you use with clients. What's happening in the brain from your perspective when you yeah. use the breathing? Why do you use it from a, a little bit of a nerdy what's happening in the brain type oh. perspective? Breathing is so powerful and um, I know that this is something that you're an absolute master in. Um, So hopefully I can even do this justice in comparison to what you can share with everybody. There is no comparison. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, I guess, you know, similar to what I was saying around, you know, reducing the stigma and it being like it's just a fundamental practical thing. It's almost like breathing is just survival. It's such an important building block of our interaction and how we are in our day-to-day life. And it is very, very powerful. And, and that analogy, when I was just saying then, like with every thought, then you have a feeling and the, with that feeling, if it is that your mind's racing and your heart's pounding and stomach's twisting, it may be just doing breath work and some really deep circular breathing, getting that oxygen through your lungs and up into your brain. Um, that can be enough for you then to be able to perform and calm your nerves to be in an interview or you could literally change your core beliefs from I can't do this to I'm going to nail this just by literally breathing and bringing yourself back down. And so when you kind of from a brain perspective, if I was to do this in a, I guess, a really crude way because the brain is so much more dimensional than this, but almost looking at it from like this three section main sections of the brain, you've got this kind of if you were to put your hand up as a palm, you've almost the bottom part is like a mammalian brain. This is real survival, your fight, your flight, your freeze, your faint, um, really deep survival. And, you know, this is where you'll respond in ways literally to keep yourself alive, even if you are like mortified by your behaviour afterwards. Your body will behave in this way just to keep you alive. And then if you put your thumb almost in the middle of your palm, then this is like your amygdala, you've got your emotional 
section here and we call this like your mammalian brain because it's it's all your deep emotions similar to like a dog it's i'm happy i'm sad this is good this is bad i'm um, i'm bored you're home it's this deep emotion and deep emotional memory and this is kind of like your your gut instinct and your heartfelt emotions it, your your emotions are directing whether something instinctually is good or bad for you and then if you were to um, fold your fingers right over that thumb so you're forming a fist with your thumb in the middle then this is the, these fingers here is like your prefrontal cortex this is like the absolute thinking engine of your brain it's your executive function your problem solving it's kind of what made us believe that you could send man to a moon and we fulfilled it or extracting dna from a mosquito it's this huge powerhouse but it has it has huge amount of horsepower but very limited bandwidth and so how you could almost consider this is a little bit like a cheetah out in the African savannah. You know, it can absolutely go like the clappers, but then it needs to stop and pant to regroup to go again. And so this is what breath work can do is that when you're, when you're in a state of angst, there's physical, uh, physical sensations that rush through your body. There's chemical reactions, electrical changes chemical changes and so for example if your heart pounds your stomach twists your intestines tighten that's actually sending a message up to your brain that there's something wrong and you start to get into this this deeper uh, this lower reptilian brain this survival fight flight brain and so what actually happens is these top prefrontal cortex that problem solving area of your brain actually is flooded with a, a, a stress hormone called cortisol and so you essentially pop your top. You don't have access to your problem solving. And so you're in this really deep animalistic way of operating. You can't actually solve things. You are the dumbest you're ever going to be when it comes to actually high order intellect. You know, you've only got this really primal kind of like apex shark kind of deal. You don't have this ability to really think of the bigger picture outside of the here and now. And so what breath work does is it allows you to have that moment to get essentially feed all of the cells in your body to calm your heart to calm your nervous system to bring your brain back into a full brain state and it's only when you're in that full brain state that you can actually be the most intelligent you can possibly be that's where your deep intellect and knowing you've got your whole brain to use to navigate life I think breath work is just so important. <laughs> Beautiful. I absolutely love that. Thank you for that, that analogy. That was awesome. And as you described that, I was thinking about when we're the, uh, in the other part of our brain, that's more the emotionally reactive part. I think of my two-year-old son tired and hungry and think, oh yeah, that's yes. how we operate as humans often when we're irrational, irrational illogical, yeah. and trying to solve problems from that irrational, illogical part of our mind. Yeah, just survival state. Yeah. yeah, let's have a tantrum. Somebody else needs to meet this. <laughs> and then you have two people operating from that part of their mind trying to solve a problem together and people wonder why arguments don't get resolved in the moment of an argument. <laughs> it's literally dumb and dumber. It's like you don't have access to your whole brain. You are literally fighting both with half a brain. So, yeah, you're right. How, how do you solve something? Yeah. That's beautiful. I'm gonna not beautiful. That's brilliant. The dumb and dumber aspect. I usually use the two two year olds arguing out as even as adults, but I'm gonna use dumb and dumber now. <laughs> Might resonate with adults a bit more. <laughs> Tani, very mindful of time, and I know that you're a productively nourishing, busy person. So 
before we wrap up, where can everyone uh, connect with you personally or with the Listen platform? Where's the best way to, to connect and learn more online? And then how can we help you on your journey? Mm. So um, I'd absolutely love you to come and check out uh, We Listen. So W-E and then L-Y-S-N.com. Um, so come and check us out. Hopefully, I, I think we can, you know, help all of you. Um, we've got the coaching and counselling and dietitians and the a whole uh, a multidisciplinary team. And me personally, I'm at Tani. So that's T for Tango, A for Alpha, H for Henry, N for Nelly, E for Echo, E for Echo at welisten.com. Um, and how can you help me? You can help me by taking care of yourself. Because I'm a mum now and I'm bringing a child into this world and this world is going to be a better place if we all take the time to look after ourselves and I'll love my daughter to grow up in that world. Beautiful, <laughs> amazing. Tani, you're a legend. You are shining the light and being a, an amazing, inspiring role model to show us all that we can live holistically from the inside out and the importance of that. And you're doing that through not just you living that way, but also providing this platform and your staff and their results. And the ripple effect is absolutely infectious and inspiring. So keep shining your beautiful holistic light to the world, my girl. Thank you so much for your time. It is always so lovely to catch up with you, Brett. It's been really lovely. There you go. What a beautifully aligned soul and a genuine, authentic legend. You can follow Tani's work online and check out and share the well-needed and life-saving services of Listen at welisten.com. Remember, that's W-E-L-Y-S-N.com or on Instagram at listenhealth, L-Y-S-N-H-E-A-L-T-H. And they actually do some really good regular posts that are insightful and helpful and uh, even aesthetically pleasing to the eye. If you enjoyed this episode and you know someone who will get value from it, please send it to them and help make that positive impact in their life. Keep thriving, legends. And as always, remember, this is your life journey, your life of impact.